Welcome in, everyone. We're here. It's Monday, October 16th. There's Mandy. We're here. We are mid-October. Happy mid-October. Rocktober, as we're calling it. We're calling it a Rocktober. Yeah. Rock October. <laughs> We've got the best rocking guests in October. Yeah, for sure. We do. We do. So before you even ask me, Mandy, my weekend was great. <laughs> I had this lovely, loving dinner at Fleming's where one of my students works. And um, it was just really, really good. I I just had a great time. I took good care of me. I was so proud of my student. I would have to say, I can't think, what did I do on Friday? I can't remember what I did on Friday, but it wasn't that. Oh, I had a friend with one of my DJ friends on Friday. That was fun too. We had Indian food. So I had lots of good dinners this weekend. Those were my highlights. How about you? <laughs> I love your highlights. Um, and you sound well fed. Did you get your digestion walks in after both meals or on Sunday at least? Mm, at least I had a digestion walk Saturday, I think, after I got back. So yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Jenny will be proud of that. So we should, yes. we should, we'll announce that a Jenny, Jenny's digestion walks and Jenny at the end of the show, but Jenny will be proud of that for sure. Um, for sure. let's see. I went to a murder mystery dinner on Saturday. So oh. my friend, um, had a birthday and she decided to, to do a murder mystery dinner. And so weeks leading up to it, we received invitations with our character name and then we it. had to call people and leave them crazy messages. So I was the fortune teller, uh, which okay. is, I already had the whole costume. I, I didn't need to get anything, but it's a bad fortune. It was a bad, my, I, I just told people bad fortunes, which was very difficult for me, <laughs> uh, but it was fun. And then my husband was, so he wore, Scooter wore. A so. You have to figure out what scooter right. wore there. Uh, so tell us, tell us again what scooter um, wore because there was a little bit of choppiness. Tell us again what oh, he wore. He wore a red and white singlet, a red and white striped singlet, and it was one arm, just a one arm singlet with a with the gold chain. It was pretty fantastic. And then he had blow up weights where he's just like flexing and doing strongman things. So um, it was funny. It was pretty funny. And, uh, and it was fun. It was a great way to celebrate our friend and commemorate her birthday and stuff. So it was, it was a good weekend. Sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. So for today's episode, maybe first thing, as you introduce our two guests, we have two guests joining us today, sisters, which I'm excited about. Explain to everyone what really caught your eye, really inspired you to invite them to be a guest on our show. Okay. Well, I'm going to back it up a bit. I'm going to tell a quick story about you, Amani. I'll tell a quick story about you, Amani. Okay, so, okay. so for those of you who know me and those of you that listen, you know I'm in perimenopause. You know I am not shy about talking about perimenopause. You know I firmly believe we should not whisper the words period or menopause to make people feel more comfortable. And that is my, my, my tirade that I've been on for a couple of years now. And Amani and I were in a networking event last year, at some point within this last year, and I was standing in a circle of girls and Amani, and we were talking about how we were all having hot flashes, people are gaining weight, all the stuff. And I'm like, oh, perimenopause. And Amani, you looked at me and you put your hand up. He's like, this is my cue to leave. And I was like, no, you have to stay. 51% of the population are women. And yes. it behooves men if you have a coworker or a wife or a sister or a cousin or any woman in your life, you have to understand what goes on with women's bodies. So you stayed like uncomfortably in that conversation, which I was so grateful for. 
but your reaction was so normal. Your reaction was so normal. And so like when I read a magazine article recently about these two sisters who founded this awesome women's health app called Orchid, the Orchid app, and it's O-R-C-H-Y-D. And it is not only is it a period tracker app, but it's also a women's health app that they're going to tell us all about it today. And they're really blazing trails. They're making some really interesting decisions about privacy. I read the article. They spoke my language. And then I cold called them and asked them to be on the show. And they are crazy enough to say yes. So let's yes. just bring Morgan and Courtney King to the show. All right. Round of applause. There we go. Morgan and Courtney. <laughs> Welcome to the show. The story that Manny told is quite accurate. So, yes, yes. That, but I stayed, and I'm always here to learn. So maybe my first question for the both of you is just explain to us how you came up with the app name. That's what really jumped off the page for me. And just how did you come up with the name? And then we'll, we'll probably go back. We'll go forward. We'll go left and right. But let's start there. Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, thank you. Happy to be here. Also, Amani, good job staying. Um, <laughs> Stay. but, yes. Um, orchid, the title of it was first named through our mom. Our mom's favorite flower is an orchid. Aww. And she was the inspiration. And then when we were trying to kind of figure out like how and why does this flower actually connect to us and like we didn't want it to just be another flowery app. We were trying to look into what orchids are. Funnily enough, they're actually weeds um, or they're considered to be a nuisance in some countries and people legitimately hack them down, which is so fun to think about. Um, but there are more like types of orchids than there are humans. And so the kind of like intersection there is there are so many people, there are so many menstruators and they all have incredibly individual experiences and the orchid kind of represents that individual unique cycle everyone has. Um, so that's the, that's the inspo. Mommy, <laughs> mommy and mommy. <laughs> It all yeah. starts with some mommy issues. I love that. <laughs> that's great. We've all got <laughs> Maybe, uh, let's see here. So we can go back. And what was the time and the inspiration? Like, when did you both like, aha, th this is something that's needed. Th then when did, that, when did that happen? And then how did you come up with like, the, it's just a, an amazing process. So when did the inspiration hit you first? And how did you kind of make it become a reality? Yeah, basically it all stemmed from lockdown, March, 2020. Mm -hmm. I did not have a job. I had just kind of graduated college and Courtney was still working, but we were chatting a lot more. And I was in something called the vagina monologues in college. And so that was my intro into period talk and just hearing how different yet similar everyone's experiences are with menstruation. And yeah, when we had nothing to do, Courtney and I were talking about how much we hated period apps because there's just like those pop-up ads asking you to upgrade upgrade and you're like shut up i just want to see when my next period is <laughs> or they'll be like hey baby girl <laughs> your period is in five days red wave alert and you're like 
gosh. Like, why are you talking to me like that? And so, <laughs> like, with on, honestly, those two nuisances, Courtney and I were like, we could totally make an app that is inclusive, talks to you like a real person, and just say, like, your period's in two days. That's it. Track your cycle, understand your body. And really, from talking to our friends, we knew that people wanted to learn more about their bodies, and why not make an open space for that? Um, so that's how Orca came about like that. Well, I, and I want to stay here for a second because, you know, it's more than just a period tracking app because we have apps on our phone. And if we just wanted to use that, we could just use the health app. So can you just tell us a little bit more about the functionality? And that's what, just full disclosure, I downloaded the app this weekend and prep when as, you know, preparing for this interview. And I'm like, let me see just how cool this is. And it is a very, very functionally easy app to use, but there's so many bells and whistles to it. So can you just share like how it's different from other period tracking apps and what else it does? Cause it does a lot with women's health. And obviously you could explain that better than we can. Yeah, so first off our app is free and it has all of the features other apps have, but don't doesn't have that paywall aspect. So you can track your cycle for free, understand your symptoms. But what's different is that we offer a telemedicine network where you can chat with an OBGYN doctor 24-7 on demand, no insurance is necessary, and that only costs $29. So you're really only paying for solutions when you need it. We're just kind of there to give you that education and the cycle tracking experience. So the solutions we offer are telemedicine, and also, we just launched a marketplace where now you can shop physical products like tampons, pads. Everything is very safe and sustainable. And we've also teamed up with other brands to kind of fill in the gaps. So like Styx has their UTI test kits. We've got the Good Patch. Um, we've got some really awesome brands that, again, fill that gap of what our app users are needing for their cycle. Mm -hmm. We do have one other feature, it's um, Blossom. She's our AI chat robot. So she like securely and privately will kind of mine what you are tracking about your cycle. And then she will offer up questions or answers to those questions that you should maybe be asking. So I don't know if you're tracking every day that you have cramps, Blossom would pop in and be like, hi, like this is your third day. Um, do you want some solutions for how to manage your cramps? And then like my sister's talking about, like quite, kind of closing the loop of support. So there's no missing gap. So then Blossom can tell you to go over to the marketplace and get cramp relief. So you're not ever kind of in a, a moment of discomfort or pain because you shouldn't have to be. Yeah, you shouldn't have to be. And, and with that, you talked a little bit about privacy. So I just want to come at the privacy piece. That is something um, that I had read in the article that I found was so interesting. So, I mean, I think when any of us go onto an app, right, we all of our information can be used for other things. Sometimes it's good things like telling us about new products. Sometimes it's bad things like if I want to have an abortion in a state that doesn't allow an abortion and I'm tracking my period and now I'm in trouble and I'm potentially um, subject to some sort of legal issue. So you have made a couple commitments early on with your app where you committed to not sell any user data and then you took it a step further where you refused to provide information or you're saying you'll refuse refuse to provide information 
and compliance with government inquiries and subpoenas. So how do you as app developers do that? Like, how can you turn that button off and talk a little bit about how important your privacy is or our privacy is to you? Yeah, so from the beginning back in 2020, app, data privacy was kind of our first value that we wanted to embed into our app. And so Courtney and I really dug into research and tried to figure out what is the safest way to do that. And it's been mainly just giving users options. And so when you come to our app, you can choose to store your data either locally or remotely on our very private database. Um, locally is the most secure though. So really all of your information is on your device. We can't see it. No one can see it. Literally <laughs> no one, but you can see it. The only drawback is if you lose your phone, like I do, you will lose <laughs> all access to that data. <laughs> yeah. And cause we, no one can retrieve it, unfortunately. But yeah, that's kind of the first step in how we were like, here's two options. Both are great. One is even better though. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Again, like, yeah, we do not sell or share user data. And then when Roe v. Wade happened, we are like, how can we make this even stronger? Because we found there were loopholes. And so we dug in way deeper and we made a stance and we said that any medical data, if it's subpoenaed or inquired by the government, we will refuse. And so that was a huge, it's a huge deal. I'm going to just say that. That's a huge deal. I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. No other period app, I think, does that. And if they do, I applaud them because that's I think we should all be doing it. Um, and yeah, we just want every app user and, on, and every menstruator to feel safe, especially if they're using a period app, because there was a lot of it was a lot of scariness around that time and so much fear. Yeah. So, thank you. That is a better word. <laughs> a lot of fear. And yeah. even for me and Courtney, we just wanted peace of mind that we were doing the right thing with Orchid and this felt like the best move for everyone. Yeah. So let's talk about that really quick because, you know, we're the four of us are in California. So our state laws are a little bit different than some other states. So do you mind explaining to people that don't live in California, they may live in a state where the laws are different, how your privacy for your app might be meaningful for someone that lives in a state like Texas or Florida or something like that? Yeah. Courtney, you go ahead. No, I feel like you were really about no, to say something. Sisters. We're always playing off of one another's facial expressions. Um, <laughs> well, basically, you can safely, with ORCID, track your body, your cycle, your reproductive health, without the fear of someone, a business, or the government telling on you, right? Or um, sorry, I'm losing my, because I got so excited about talking to Morgan for a second. Um, <laughs> basically, basically it's just, there's a added security. Um, I think the difference, maybe the difference makes it more clear as in, let's say for another app, you track that you had either a miscarriage or an abortion, or you just literally went to a clinic, um, and wanted to track that. With Orchid, it's not the same. You are completely secure. You can go where you need to go. You can do what you need to do. And you can actually track what's happening for your body without the fear that you're putting yourself in danger or you're 
you're breaking the law. Um, go ahead, Morgan. If you like yeah, and just to add on to that, we do have our telemedicine. It's called Or Orchid MD, and it's a really good source of information for a doctor to help walk you through some steps. And everything is HIPAA compliant with Orchid MD, and yeah, it's really between the doctor and patient to find where to get the proper next steps are for whatever you need. <laughs> that you makes need. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in a state where abortion is illegal and you happen to live in that state and you're tracking your period or not period or visits with clinic or what have you on your app, yeah. you're not in jeopardy of the state of you doing something illegal in that state. You're 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 safe because your information is safe. Is that yeah. how you're it works? You're safe with Orchid. Yeah. You're, you're safe, safe with, with Orchid. orchid. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we have had users kind of ask the question of, can I, in the app, track if I've had an abortion? And that's something that our team constantly kind of churns over because the more information you can provide, the more the app actually understands you. And the thing is, like, abortions really do, they throw off your cycle. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's just a fact. Um, and we still are kind of churning on that. And I think for the safety of our users, the more kind of um, like the safer choice is to let that be a custom notification or a custom tracking option. So we have a very thorough list of things that you can track in the app, but then that is almost quadrupled because you can make your own tracking. So if you do want to track it, which technically I think it'd be really good to, um, you can, you can track anything. Awesome. Thank now, you. My information. Is, yeah, exactly. My question goes back to the data and how you said you would, you're not going to sell the data. How does Orchid, like, how do you earn revenue? Because you have a free tier, it's a free app, and then you have the your telemedicine, which is a charge. What are other ways that you kind of sustain the profitability of your business? Yeah, this is our number one question because yeah. yeah, our app is free. So the whole cycle tracking aspect is free because we think that's kind of your right to be able to learn about your body. You only pay for the solutions you need. So the solutions are OrchidMD, telemedicine visits, and physical products. So therefore, like we've got tampons and pads, which follow a subscription model because like me, I kind of forget to buy products. So mm -hmm. it's it's very helpful, again, for the ADHD brain. Um, but then, yeah, we've got many different PMS supplements for people to try out. Courtney's been trying patches and also tinctures. And I've, I have yet to, I have yet to dabble. I'm, yeah. I'm my doll girly. <laughs> I, I am the guinea pig for everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. when, we, when we were building the marketplace, a lot of the brands that we ended up pulling in, like, they're literally being tested on my body or my sister's body or the, the tiny team that we have. So <laughs> yes. But yeah, so our two, we have two revenue streams, essentially telemedicine and physical products. But again, we really wanted to keep everything affordable and accessible because already periods are quite expensive. And we wanted to keep that in mind while building out our company. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then like, are you going to go through any rounds of funding or is it pretty much just kind of you all and what are future plans maybe to add more features or more revenue streams? Ooh, 
actually, this is very exciting because um, <laughs> breaking news <laughs> here. Breaking news. Um, <laughs> so we've got a really uh, solid group of app users. We hit 37K about a month ago, and that was kind of the driving nice. point in that this is a community of really vocal people. Even if there's a little bug, they're like, hey, I love the app, but like fix that little thing for me, please. So with that kind of feedback and response to Orchid, we decided to open up a community round of fundraising to all of our app users, our friends and family, all our contacts essentially. And we're using a platform called WeFunder. And we launched it only, I think on Friday. We launched it on Friday. So it's been four days. Yeah, some days. And yeah, it's wefunder.com slash Orchid and users. And everyone can look at our page to understand or learn more about this opportunity to invest in Orchid. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then what about, and, and I think, um, I think Amani, I think that the, the WeFunder is scrolling at the bottom. So anybody watching um, can, can click in. And then yes. she just said it's WeFunder um, forward slash Orchid, Orchid with a Y. Yes. What, um, how did the initial funding come about? Did you self-fund initially or did you pitch to any investors initially? We self-funded and had some friends and family. And then that was back in 2020. And then, yeah, we came, we started, we launched the telemedicine and then we launched the marketplace. But really we kind of want, we want to grow our app more and scale and release more features and get a marketing team because right now we're kind of functioning with no paid ads. We are not spending any money on marketing. All our growth has been organic. It's really, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of our next step is to really add in the marketing and grow our app even more. Interesting. So we got to give a shout out Phyllis Williams Strader. She says she loves oh. this respectful rebellion. So thank you, we Phyllis, love, for tuning in. We love the brand mother. Hi, Phyllis. Yes. <laughs> she can help How? you with marketing. Let's kind of take a step back and and ask just mindset. Like it is very, very difficult to create and launch an app. It's very difficult to work with a sibling. It's very difficult to, in a pandemic, create create something and make it happen. How were you two able to overcome those three main obstacles? And now you've gotten to the other side and like you've got a great growth organically. Now you're doing a community round of fundraising. Like how are you able to maintain the mindset? Because it's very, very difficult. Siblings, significant others, all that. So talk to us about that. Yeah, I think, Courtney, I think personally, we first started and it was pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> we were fighting constantly. And we also work with our dad. And yeah. oh, dad. imagine that, like just someone who's also like, he's uh, like in his 60s, but it was almost like he was learning about menstruation for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. it used to really annoy the crap out of me and Courtney because you're like, how do you not know dish? And then, and then he <laughs> nobody says out. the word period because it makes men uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. you're helping. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'd be like, I just learned about toxic shock syndrome. Are you guys okay? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> it was quite um, a roller coaster in the beginning, but I think really the three of us have found that communication really does work. And I was going to say the same thing. It takes a lot lot of repetitive and almost like intentional conversation where you are specifically talking about the thing you are trying not to talk about. 
you're like, this has been eh, for a bit. Should we talk about it? And then you're getting through that and then it, yeah. it changes, hopefully, right? Especially, but, yeah, especially when one of us is really stressed because then the tone is just thrown off and we're like, all right, we all just need to jump in and help support. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we've now maintained a really good balance between the three of us and our little team of six people. We've like, I think that as soon as we got the community, the communication down, Orchid started to really accelerate and improve. I would say, I think we were rolling out features more swiftly. The community aspect was really coming together and we were finding our tone, our brand voice, and it was getting more exciting. And I will say we've been thrown so many curveballs. Yeah. So many. Um, and so just navigating all of those hurdles has made, I think, everyone on the team believe in Orchid even harder and with everyone's passion and support. Because we are, I think we really are doing something so amazing. And with this round of fundraising, it's just solidifying it even more. And that's kind of what pushes through from 2020 COVID shipping delays. We only mm -hmm. just got product now. So that was like two years delayed. Um, Morgan, Morgan literally like over two years ago called me once and was like, I have created the perfect tampon. <laughs> and I was like, yay. And then now, just now has that tampon like arrived in her hands. Um, mm, it's been, yeah. and that kind of like tension that is not in your control and how it affects you and then make like it, you know, it's a domino effect. And I feel like we've been thrown a bunch of versions of that. And again, yeah, like just communicating and saying it flat out instead of um, maybe, you know, passive aggression or something like that. Yeah, yeah. nobody likes yeah. that. I'm, so that you I'm bring curious. up the Oh yeah, you go, you go, Manny. You, you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious, what do you do to help men feel more comfortable having these kind of discussions Ooh. he says it so sheepishly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we just don't tiptoe anymore um <laughs> yeah i think the fact that we were hiding tampons up our sleeves for you made everyone think they needed to be uncomfortable by this subject of menstruation and so i think just being like mom my period here's my tampon i'll be right back it kind of helps ease the whole thing um I think talking about it normally gets it to a more normal space, but for people even outside of men who are more um, uncomfortable with the conversation, um, sometimes you do just have to meet people where their comfort level is um, and then see if you can guide it to the point where, you know, maybe it technically should be, where there should be more normalcy. Um, yeah, I mean, blood is blood. We have to talk about it eventually because we all have it. It's just a really different type of blood. Um, yeah. And I think everyone's allowed to be in a bit like in their sheepish way, but the, like the second that like everyone who doesn't menstruate is like willing to stay for that conversation. Like you did Amani for um, perimenopause. Like that's the good, that's the good growth moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it took, that also took a while for us to figure out because like it is it's aggravating um to feel like something that is so natural and organic is like pushing people away and you have no control over it um and you know it's years worth of that feeling right like you're in middle school to 
whatever now, what whoever you are now, and like the feeling you had when you were a kid versus this moment. So um, that's a really long-winded version of an answer, but great answer. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say hello to Sam, who's watching over on Live Space. Thank you, Sam. Over to you, Mandy. Hi, Sam. Welcome. Um, I, Courtney, I love that answer. And I don't think it was long winded. I think it was very detailed and compelling. And, and you, you know, we, you know, we're talking about men I, and I love men. I've got a husband. I got a lot. I'm not a man hater. Right. But it is men. Just, most men don't menstruate. Right. So um, it would make, it makes sense that they would be uncomfortable, but a lot of women are uncomfortable talking about it too. Like you just talked about the tampon and the sleeve. I knew I was very uncomfortable. I hid that I got my period. I got my period when I was 10 and I hid it from my mom and my siblings because I was embarrassed. I was ashamed because it was so early. And so I think for women, there is a level of shame associated with having mm -hmm. it talking about it. If there happens to be like an oopsie situation, you're just mortified. Mm -hmm. I've been in business situations where I've had a thing before. And so um, even women just talking about it. So how do you, how do you have more conversations with women or how can you disarm that with women? Cause men, it's an easy, it's like just hanging the conversation and Amani, you did. So you, yay for you. I love that. And I yes. appreciate that about you because <laughs> you're willing to grow. But for those of us women that have been through this our whole life, and there is a little shame surrounding it, how do women have conversations either with other women or the men in their life about like disarming yeah. it? Um, yeah, it's a super interesting question. It also comes up in ORCID and, you know, in your personal life. Um, I think this similar, a similar thing applies. I honestly, I think about some of the subjects that I get uncomfortable about, um, like, I mean, maybe it's less so now, but um, nudity and like diarrhea or like any like <laughs> intestinal issues, mm -hmm. like these things are, um, they're super embarrassing. It's like your body is doing something or it's just existing and you're like, I like everyone is looking at it. Um, and I think being around conversation that talks about it, maybe not those specifics, mm -hmm. um, but like it makes it more comfortable. The more you are in conversation with or adjacent to these subjects and like hearing about it in a confident way or a less shameful way, the closer you can get to it yourself. Like, and I think like in the beginning, Morgan and I, we, we are obviously sisters, but we didn't really talk about periods. And now it's so, it's almost too regular. Um, and there's, I'm not saying everyone should get to that point, but it's, it's a, it's by saying it first and then like feeling that discomfort and then reacting to it because you're allowed to um and then just seeing how you want to keep going because you know you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but um as long as you're not shaming others um that's okay like we yeah don't, you know what i mean yeah the frequency almost feels like it's normalizing it oh yeah i really also think it just takes one person because it really does start to connect people. I remember the first time someone was telling me about some of their PMS symptoms. I was like, oh my God, I have that too. I didn't think, I thought that was just me. Mm -hmm. And then it's this whole conversation of like, what do you do to deal with it? Or do you not deal with it? And yeah, I feel like it kind of unifies a lot of people. And then now I get really excited anyone, anytime anyone talks about their period. Yeah, I, love, yeah. I, love, I love it too. <laughs> my husband has this joke about like we'll be at a dinner somewhere and he'll leave 
and come back and I'm in a circle of friends. He's like, are you talking about perimenopause again? Like, <laughs> like, like I can't stop talking about it because I was that embarrassed, shameful girl. Like I didn't even start talking about my period till I was in my forties. So mm -hmm. I'm, wow. so I, so I get it. Like, and I'm so happy with what you're doing. I want to take a very big left turn for a second. And I want to talk about running a business as sisters in a division of labor. So mm. who does what, what are some sister strengths? What are some sister weaknesses or areas that you're working on? Um, yeah. So I guess I'm like the project manager. I'm kind of overseeing, making sure the products are going the right way. And yeah, I would say I'm like a bigger picture kind of person. Would you agree? Yeah. Morgan, Morgan maintains the actual pulse of this company. Um, the heartbeat is only there because Morgan has her like little fingers on it. Um, and yeah, that does, it could be summarized as a project manager, but because we're a small team, we all do everything. And so sometimes Morgan is, you know, in design or in copywriting. Um, but I think that's fair. I think for me, I'm usually on, uh, we both describe one another's jobs. Um, <laughs> I guess I do a lot, like most of the words that you read that are of Orchid are the ones like I've written them or I've at least shaped them. Courtney helps, um, I think, make make up Orchid's voice and really gives it a purpose and a value. Courtney really was, yeah, the driving force between us being private, inclusive, accessible. And anytime we add something to the business, she's like, Mm -mm, that is not that's not sustainable that doesn't align and I'm like you're right I don't even know what I was doing <laughs> what has that been Courtney what has been something Morgan wanted to add and you're like no no can't do that's not in line um well I honestly it's 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 down to this minutiae sometimes. oh it was wipes it was wipes we mm. were gonna consider doing um uh, flushable wipes and Courtney's like did you know that wipes are not flushable and I was like no I didn't <laughs> and then I looked into it and like they are so unsustainable and I was like oh so even if they say they are they're yeah. not it's upsetting but yeah, yeah it's this like it's this maintenance of our values um I think having a team check it though as in like I can be really strong-minded is really good um, and then I think I do a lot of our partnership building as in yeah. like the marketplace and kind of like connecting with other like-minded people so that we're always um, expanding our circle because one of the things that makes Orchid such a strong app in my humble opinion is that it is in like it's informed by everyone else's needs opinions feedback criticism so like maintaining those kinds of things Okay. So that's like your division of labor. Now, how do you maintain your sisterhood? Like I've got a sister, she's 16 months younger. I mean, I got two sisters, but my sister's 16 months younger. We're best buds. Right. So like, how do you maintain your just sisterhood as humans, as outside of business partnership? And then Imani, I'll zip it for the rest of the time. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise. <laughs> Morgan, you can, we can, you can counter or compliment, but I think that we, figured out that we sort of need not a hard line, but like sort of a soft division between work and sisterhood because, um, and you're allowed to transition. It's not that we like stop ourselves, but there are some, there's sometimes a moment where you're like, you know, you're, you're talking 
and then you could slide into talking about work and i think we both we try choose and avoid not to do that um and that helps not everything turn into like a brainstorming session because because periods are everywhere <laughs> it kind of sometimes you know comes up um we're really intentional about like connecting outside of work um Morgan, do you have more to add, though? No, I would agree. Like, we got drinks this weekend, and I don't even think we talked about blood ever. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. (laughs) I wrote nothing down in my notes app, so I don't think we ever talked. (laughs) Now, who's older, who's younger? Courtney's older by, like, three and a half years, right? Okay, so three and a half years. Okay. Now, if we could look ahead, because I'm going to ask you a question about going back a little bit later, but if we could look ahead, like say we're getting to January 1st, 2027, where do you want to see Orchid at that time? So that's like three years and two months from now. Where would you like to see your business and your company and your brand, really? Yeah, I think for me, just focusing on the app, I would love to see, because right now we're really just cycle tracking, understanding PMS and your symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see the app by 2027 really, I don't want to say dominating because that sounds aggressive, but like really pushing forward and redefining fertility, perimenopause. I really want to talk about perimenopause more. I I will talk about it however you want. I am not a (laughs) professional, but I'm living it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely menopause and that preteen because we're really seeing the age groups in our app change up monthly now. Um, we've got a lot of preteens and 55-year-olds are using mm-hmm. Orchid. So I really want to make, I guess, Orchid timeless, where it really fits into where you are in your life, no matter what. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, just focusing on the app in that aspect. Mm-hmm. From menarche to menopause. Wait, sorry. Yes, I just am voicing what Morgan said. I, I just, <laughs> we want you to, we want you to be able to age with us, not be able, not have to leave and, and then come back. Um, Cause that, like that data about yourself is so vital. And it's so, it's so great when it's all in one place. Um, is there anything else that you imagine, Morgan? I think I just like- growing a bigger community already. It's so, again, as I said earlier, vocal and really group oriented, I would, I would say. So I, I want to see that continue to grow. Um, and yeah, just that's it. <laughs> that's, good. Um, that's good. I want the marketplace to boom. <laughs> I want it to feel like um, Morgan and I have this phrase, we say um, the period aisle is out, the marketplace is in. And we I genuinely want people to feel like when they visit the Orchid Marketplace that it's like they're going to Sephora. Like they know exactly what's going to be there. They have multiple aisles to get what they need, but instead of it being makeup, it's just reproductive and menstrual health. And I think that that is very possible. It's just about like pulling in the right partners. Um, And then I think our telemedicine there's so much more that we can offer. And I'm, I'm oh, yeah. super excited for we're, how we can diversify it and go ahead, Morgan. We're in the makings of adding in um, dietitians and mental health experts. And so mm-hmm. I, I really think we'll, I, we'll have that full, full circle 360 approach to like 
having real solutions for your cycle all directly in one app because there's just so many otherwise you're gonna have tens of thousands of apps when we Mm -hmm. can just have one and it's all private and safe driving it home that menstrual health is so related to overall health and so having these things in one place like you're you're more well taken care of Mm -hmm. how do you who are your allies in that space you know like how do you find your your telehealth partners? Are they brick and mortar clinics? Are they brick and mortar health providers that want more of a digital presence? I mean, how how are you finding these partnerships? Yeah, so they're all everyone is a board certified doctor, and on their breaks, they tap into Orchid MD and just answer people's question or jump on a call and see if they need to write a prescription for a patient slash user. Um, but yeah, it's just working board certified doctors on their break. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. most, um, most problems can be solved within five to 10 minutes. So it fits mm-hmm. in with their day-to-day life. That's interesting. Wow. Um, so we'll pause here. We're going to take uh, and flip the script where we're now going to allow you both to ask myself and Mandy, any question you like, and then we'll answer it. And then we'll kind of return and close out the show. So, who would you both like to ask a question to first? Ooh, can I go first, Courtney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Mandy, Mandy. Um, yeah. Courtney and I want to know what is your funniest or best period story, if you have one. Jesus criminy. I have, I'll tell this one. I have one. So I have fibroids. Um, I've had them for a while. They're under control. They're small enough. No, no danger. But when I first developed them, um, I was bleeding a lot and it was so embarrassing. I couldn't go anywhere without like bleeding. Like I would stand up and there was the spot. And I remember one time I was at a business lunch. It was a really important business lunch and I was sitting there and I rocked it. I, you know, you get to know each other and then you get the deal done and I was kicking ass and it was a dude and and I got up to walk away and I looked down and on the seat was just blood. I'm like, oh my God, like that. I don't know if the guy saw or not, but I was mortified and I walked out and I was, I, I didn't, it was hot. I didn't have something to put around my waist. And it was just like, I, I did he watch me while I walk away? I don't know. Did he see it was on the seat? I hope not. Like, should I have gone back and cleaned it up that poor restaurant here? It wasn't like a um, a lot of blood. It was just a little like, but it was enough that I was like, this is awful for all of us. And like whoever else saw, I was just embarrassed like as I left and I came home and I told my husband about it. He's so sweet. He's like, oh, hun bun. I am so embarrassed that I'm so, no, I'm so sorry that you were so embarrassed and that your great meeting that you had, you know, had to end that way. And I was like, what a kind, like most people would be like, that's so gross, but what a kind way to respond to something he absolutely does not understand at all. He doesn't understand the embarrassment. He doesn't understand the fear. And I think a lot of women go through that. I have a, a other story really quick, a coworker who was telling me, you know, her son's 10 years old. And she was telling me how she's teaching him that if girls take their purse to the bathroom, 
that don't ask any questions about it. Or if a girl has like a little something on the, on the back of her skirt, cause that's what happens when you're younger. Cause you don't have control over it mm-hmm. to offer your, she's teaching him to offer his, his um, jacket to help cover it up instead of like pointing and laughing. That's and so I'm like, sweet. what a great way to raise boys. Right. So um, I, I think, um, yeah, that was my most embarrassing story, but I don't know if it was embarrassing for anybody else, but it was for me for sure. Um, yeah. Morgan and I have like, chronically that was our childhood um yeah <laughs> bleeding through and then standing up and being like um, i will sit back down until yeah, everyone will... leaves this room yeah. and i will wait it out i will wait it out. i've done that you gotta wait it out yeah yeah mm-hmm. um we did i just to plug it we did make a feature in our app that helps users um it's a timer and it ha- is like we work with a team of obgyns every product has a specific timer and it lets you know when you should change your product out so that you don't bleed through and have to do some like fun little scooty thing when you stand up. Um, but yeah, definitely feel that, have done it before. Um, but good job on that meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good job on the meeting. Yeah, and the husband. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so that would be my. <laughs> I'm not a you're being a trooper. I'm proud of you. Good start. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Um, what was your first learning experience when it, like, when you were learning about periods? Was it in like the youth sex ed class, or did you learn about it secondhand? So I would say I learned about it in sexual education class, and then through bits and pieces of like female friends that I had that would share little tidbits there. And that's how I learned about it completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Morgan and I, whenever we talk to people about their first sex ed class, sometimes it's not like periods if because they divide you when you were, at least when we were younger. And they're like, mm-hmm. you go over here because you're going to get a period and you go over here because you have a penis. And you're like, and for some of our friends, they've said that they didn't even learn about periods um, when they were divided. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you got like a little bit. <laughs> a little, little bit. But I would say, and this is when I learned the most, was when I used to be a director of marketing at a hotel in Bethesda. I had a staff of 16 women. I was the only man for like oh. three years. There you go. So I learned on the fly. I kept my doll at my desk because it was requested frequently. That's cool. And yeah, that's how, and just to see the emotions and everything, that's how I learned like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So now we'll go back to you all. Um, If you were to go back, both of you, I would love for both of you to answer this question, to write when you're leaving college and give yourself advice based on everything that you've learned so far in life and in business, what advice would you give your younger self? And I'll let Morgan, you can go first. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I was talking about this the other day. I kind of wish I took everything a bit more seriously. I think being 22 and then it was pandemic, I just wasn't really applying myself and trying I think and so I think especially with Orchid it really just felt like a hobby for a really long time 
Um, and then when we started to get users who I did not know and they were talking about us, I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think I need to step up and take this more seriously. Um, but I wish I had done that a bit sooner, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Courtney? Um, I had a lot of jobs when I graduated from college. Um, I mean, like a lot at once, and then also just had a lot of jobs. And I think there was this feeling of, um, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know, I just need to keep going. You just have to keep going. Um, and I think that is pretty common for like gig economy stuff. I think if I had, um, if I could talk to myself back then, I'd be like, it's okay. Don't worry. Keep going. You're doing good work. You're learning a lot more than you think you are. And all these things, even if they don't feel applicable, end up getting in there and are applicable for later. Um, and then also like, you just don't always know where you're going to end up. I'm not maybe a person who selected a job when I was a kid and then grew up and became the job. Um, and I think that's okay. I just think it, it took me such a long time to be like, you should be this title of a job or this career. And that's just not what my reality is. But I think it just took me a long time to be like, why aren't you, um, I don't know, an accountant or something like something so plain that I'm not trying to a pop star. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, yeah. I think maybe it was also just the kind of um, education upbringing, but like sometimes it's just not a straight line and it's not even like a regular zigzag line. Um, there's a lot of like looping around. But yes. that's a, yes. again, a sort of an answer to your question. Yeah, that's a great answer. I think I might clip that and play it for my students because that's what I try to portray to them as they're graduating. Many of them are so fixated on being an accountant, being in finance. And then two or three years later, maybe their job's eliminated or they're like, oh, I hate this. What am I going to do? So you kind of summarized that very succinctly and very, very uh, profoundly. So thank you. Um, Mandy, I'm going to let you kind of close out this with your final question and um, take it take it away. Well, it's a two-part final question. So, Courtney, I know you have a podcast. Um, she's friendly. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's it's really good. So people listen to it wherever you get your podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? And then, Morgan, I know what Courtney does in her downtime away from the business. What do you do in your downtime away from the business to keep yourself whole? Because as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to get immersed and sucked in and not make space for the stuff that, you know, outside the business. So Courtney, if you want to talk about your podcasting, Morgan, if you want to talk about what you do outside the business. Um, yes. So on the side, I, it's also a newsletter. So it's a newsletter and it's a podcast. And I um, am being very kind to myself as in I could produce more, I could make more content, but at this time I'm just doing one of each a month. So it's, it's just softly sailing into your mailbox twice a month. Um, and one of those is a reading one and one of those you can listen to my voice. Um, and sometimes I have guests on there. Um, she's friendly. The newsletter is um, at the front, like really just like a taking stock of like, how are, how am I doing? What are the things that I'm noticing as themes um, just to be present? And then there are sections and chunks that I will kind of cycle through. One of my favorite sections that I write 
is called hot or not and it's completely illogical it's just like something some things that i found really good this month or some things that i found really bad like i think one of the hots was um applying sunscreen every two hours and one of the knots was being really sunburnt and going to sleep um so they're not very <laughs> serious it's meant to keep it light um and then the podcast i will either myself or have a guest on and we'll talk about some of the things that they kind of picked up on in the newsletter or they're um sometimes they have i'm editing one right now and she was an astrologer so we just talk about sort of like her perspective of that um yeah so it's really fun i feel like it's kind of this it's a it's baby it's very young but it's like this i guess pursuit of trying to like keep writing outside of the way that i do for orchid and for other things and then kind of keep creative and i don't know playful but um emotional so that is yeah sort of what i do outside of orchid um yeah you should check it out she's friendly it's a joke i have a dog i walk her every day people meet her i go she's friendly or they go is she friendly and i go she's friendly and <laughs> so yeah that's why it's called that it's just like play off of how i kind of interact but yes that's great yeah. um oof i am still figuring out work-life balance if i'm being very very honest um but one of the things i really love doing is baking and i find that incredibly uh i don't think about anything else because i'm just Ooh. focusing on the tasks and it's just step by step and then boom you got a nice cake to eat after Ooh. so you're just rewarded with a treat you're um, very good at baking i'm getting better i guess no you're good at baking you're i'm good, good at baking, baking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah go. I would say look out for the future. I feel like Morgan, you will have a bakery one day, and I can't. That'd be wait. really cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, yes. yeah. Future. There we go. Well, I'm glad you both do something outside of work, and building that creativity is key to victory. So that's that's awesome that you do that, and you building that muscle. So it's, that's great. Yeah. Well, we just want to say first of all, thank you for everything that you're doing, um, specifically for all the women that are struggling with managing their periods. Um, so it's very groundbreaking work. I really am particularly impressed with just your stance on data and your stance on privacy. I really applaud you for that and saying that you will refuse to um, agree or do whatever they want you to do with the subpoenas. Um, so just props to you all for that. That's very admirable. And just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're doing something that's very different. And I think that's great. So just thank you very much for being on our show and being so open, honest, and transparent. We appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you. This is yeah. awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. So we're gonna put you back in the green room. Round of applause, really quickly. So we did that. All right. So now they're back in the green room. Mandy, what do we have to look forward to next week? Next week we have a sales superstar with IHG Hotels, the yes. luxury yeah. and lifestyle division. We have Talisa. Is it Talisa or Talisa Villa? Talisa, Talisa Villa. Talisa. So a longtime Talisa friend of Villa. mine. Um, we have some good stories. So yes, excited about Talisa, and that will be an amazing, another amazing interview for us yeah. during our October season. October and heads up. 
I am going to be away on November 6th. And so we have mm -hmm. just locked in our guest host. So we've never done this before where we have somebody guest host with Imani. So November 6th, one of our former guests from the show, Jenny Perrin, who runs yes. Shift Life with Jenny, is going to co-host the show with Imani. And I don't know. I mean, I may be out of a job after that. We'll see what happens. But, uh, <laughs> we'll but start see. looking we'll at information see. and following <laughs> Shift Life with Jenny because she's going to be on the show on, uh, on, yes. uh, on November yes. 6th. She will be fine, but there's no replacing Manny. So don't worry about yeah, that. Um, everyone, please remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on the platform you watch it on. Also, make sure to follow our uh, LinkedIn live page, our LinkedIn page, Adventures in Business Live, so we can start to broadcast from that platform. Follow us on Instagram, Adventures in Business Live, and just stay safe. And thanks for tuning in. Tell a friend. And we will see everyone next week at 4 p.m. Eastern, one on the West Coast. See you Bye, next everyone. Week. Thank you, everybody. Bye.